Welcome to the Christian History Podcast, Chapter 2, Episode 28, the fifth part of several concerning the history of Canaan. If you're listening live, then you know that this episode is being released on Thanksgiving Day in the U.S. I hope you took this day to spend with friends and family, and didn't engorge yourself too much. If you're listening at a later date, you may be engorging on the episodes. Either way, remember that self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. But also, don't forget that a little slice of pie isn't going to hurt either. And now for the podcast. Last week, I wrapped up Ebla and also covered the history of Aleppo, including the impact of the ongoing Syrian civil war on that area. If you missed it, you really should go back and give it a listen. This episode gives an overview of Canaan, and then dives into the first half or so of the Bronze Age. So let's get started. The word Canaan is found in many texts from outside the region. During the 2nd millennium BC, ancient Egyptian texts used the term Canaan, or words thought to refer to Canaan, to denote an Egyptian-ruled colony whose boundaries generally corroborate with the definition of Canaan found in the Old Testament. In these documents, the boundaries were the Mediterranean Sea to the west, the northern boundary in the vicinity of Hamath in Syria, to the east by the Jordan Valley, and to the south by an imaginary line from the Dead Sea to an area around Gaza. References to the Canaanites are found in the Armana letters of Egyptian pharaoh Akhenaton, sometimes referred to as Akhenaton IV, who reigned in the mid-14th century BC. Many of these letters were sent by governors and princes of Canaan to the pharaoh. These letters were written in the official diplomatic East Semitic Akkadian language of Assyria and Babylonia. The words and idioms potentially from Canaanite are also found within them. Many of the letters are either asking the pharaoh for military or monetary assistance. Some also refer to the crime that was seemingly rampant in the area. References to Canaan can also be found in the Ugarit text, Esher tablets, and Hetsa letters. But, there were differences between these documents and the Old Testament. The Egyptian texts identify the coastal city of Kadesh in northwest Syria near Turkey as part of the land of Canaan. So the Egyptian usage seems to refer to the entire east coast of the Mediterranean Sea, making it a potential synonym of another ancient Egyptian term for this coastland, specifically retinue. Lebanon, which is located in northern Canaan, was known by the Egyptians as Upper Retinue. They defined its borders as from the Latani River to the watershed of the Orontes River. Some earlier Egyptian sources also mention numerous military campaigns conducted in Kanana, just inside Asia. During the period from around 900 to 330 BC, the dominant empires of the Neo-Assyrians and Achaemenid Persians made no mention specifically of Canaan. Many people, both modern researchers and ancient scholars, believe that Canaan and Phoenicia were one and the same. The Greek term Phoenicia is not seen until what are considered the first two works of Western literature, specifically Homer's Iliad and Odyssey. It does not occur in the Old Testament, but occurs three times in the New Testament in the Book of Acts, specifically in chapters 11, 15, and 21. In the 6th century BC, Hecatosius of Miletus affirmed that Phoenicia was formerly called Cana, a name that Philobiblos subsequently adopted, stating very specifically that Cana, who was afterwards called Phoenix, 
Quoting fragments attributed to Sanchun Ithon relates that Bibulos, Biritus, and Tyre were among the first cities ever built under the rule of the mythical Cronus and credits the inhabitants with developing fishing, hunting, agriculture, shipbuilding, and riding. St. Augustine mentions that one of the terms the seafaring Phoenicians called their homeland was Canaan. Augustine also records that the rustic people of Hippo in North Africa retained the Punic self-designation of Canaanai. Remember that the word Punic in Latin meant non-Roman. Some scholars, however, argue that the language referred to as Punic by Augustine may have been Libyan. Also, uncovered coinage from the city of Beirut, formerly known as Laodicea, bear the legend of Laodicea, a metropolis in Canaan. These coins are dated to the reign of Antiochus IV, who ruled from 175 to 164 BC. The coins may also have been from his successors, maybe as late as 123 BC. As a general overview, the history of the region can be divided into four eras, followed by shorter spans. Prior to 3500 BC, which is known as either the Stone Age or the Chocolitic Era, hunter-gatherer societies slowly were replaced by farming and herding societies. Also, early metalworking occurred. Next, there was the Early Bronze Age, which lasted from about 3500 to 2000 BC, and was essentially prior to any written records in the area. After the Early Bronze Age came, quite naturally, the Middle Bronze Age, which lasted from about 2000 to 1550 BC. This era was marked by the formation of city-states. This was followed by the Late Bronze Age, which was mostly characterized by rule from Egypt. The era was between 1550 and 1200 BC. Then there was the Iron Age, lasting from about 1200 to 586 BC. During this time, well, iron was emerging as the metal of choice. There were also village-based societies. After the Iron Age, the general periods were named after the various empires that ruled the region, such as the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, and the Romans. All of these have either already been covered or will be covered in the future. One of the earliest settlements in the region was at Jericho in Canaan. The earliest settlements were seasonal, but by the Bronze Age had developed into larger, more permanent villages and cities. By the early Bronze Age, other villages and cities were established, such as the previously covered Ebla. By around 2300 BC, the area was incorporated into the Mesopotamian-based Akkadian Empire of Sargon the Great and Naramsin. The Sumerians referred to the people there as the Amorites, though this reference in the Bible was a bit more specific. References to the area west of the Euphrates date from even earlier than Sargon, at least to the reign of the Sumerian king Inkushana of Uruk. And one tablet credits the early Sumerian king Luguan Mundu with holding sway in the region. But like so many references from that long ago, and also similar to the Sumerian king list, the line between the historical and the mythical is often quite blurred. The archives of Eblish show reference to a number of biblical sites, including Hazor and Jerusalem. Some researchers believe that the tablets also refer to Sodom and Gomorrah mentioned in Genesis as well, but this claim is disputed by other researchers. The tablets further reference the Ebalites and Amorites at Hazor, Kadesh, and elsewhere in Syria, which they indicated bordered Canaan in the north and northeast. 
When the Akkadian Empire collapsed in 2154 BC, there was an influx of settlers from the Zagros Mountains in present-day Iran that used Kirbik Karak ware pottery. I'll post a picture of the pottery on the podcast Facebook page. The first cities in the southern Levant arose during this period and were known as Proto-Canaanites, simply meaning that they were before the Canaanites were formally recognized. These cities were in regular contact with the other peoples to their south, such as Egypt, and to the north in Asia Minor, specifically the Hurrians, Hattanis, Hittites, and Luwians. They were also in contact with societies in Mesopotamia, such as Sumer, Akkad, and Assyria. How do we know this? Through both written records and uncovered artifacts that originated in the far-flung places but were found in Canaan. The contact continued through the Iron Age. Curiously, the end of the Canaanite period was marked by the abandonment of the cities and a return to an economy based on farming villages and semi-nomadic herding. But some of the specialized craft production, such as pottery, continued and trade routes remained. In the Middle Bronze Age, which, like I mentioned, lasted from about 2000 to 1550 BC, the population returned to the cities and the region was divided among small city-states. However, at this time, researchers believe that the most important city was probably Hazor. Hazor was located in the Upper Galilee, north of the Sea of Galilee, in the southern Hula Valley, overlooking Lake Murom. In the Middle Bronze Age, sometime around 1750 BC, Hazor was the largest fortified city in the area, and also one of the most important in the Fertile Crescent. It is thought that this importance lasted until what is sometimes referred to as the Israelite period, in about the 9th century BC. Hazor maintained commercial ties with Babylon and Syria, and imported large quantities of tin for bronze production. In the Book of Joshua, Hazor is described as the head of all those kingdoms. There will be more on Hazor in the next couple of weeks, but the passages beginning in Joshua 10 and all of the kingdoms mentioned within them will get a great deal of attention at some point in the future. But for now, back to the Middle Bronze Age in Canaan. During this time, many features of Canaanite culture reflected a Mesopotamian influence, and the entire region became more tightly integrated due to the large international trading network. As early as Narum Sin of Akkad's reign, sometime around 2240 BC, a kingdom known as Amuru arose. Narum Sin called it one of the four quarters surrounding Sumer, along with Assyria, Akkad, and Elam. Amuru was an Amorite kingdom during the 14th to 12th centuries BC. It was located in the region within present-day western and northwestern Syria, as well as northern Lebanon. The first documented leader of Amuru was Abdi Ashirta, at a time when Amuru was part of the Egyptian empire. His son, Azuru, made contact with the Hittite king Sup-il-Lu-Luima I, and eventually defeated the Hittites. The Amuru kingdom was destroyed by the Sea Peoples around 1200 BC. I'll touch on the Sea Peoples either before or during the Egyptians. During the same era, the Amorites also came to dominate much of Mesopotamia, including in Larsa, Isin, and eventually founding the state of Babylon in 1894 BC. After that, the Assyrians and Akkadians began to use the word Amuru to refer to the interior of south as well as far northern Canaan. 
At this time, it is thought that the Canaanite area was divided between two alliances, one near Megiddo in the Jezreel Valley, which is the fertile plain and valley south of the area of Galilee. The second alliance was focused near the northern city of Kadesh in present-day Syria on the border with Lebanon. The somewhat mythical story of Shinhui describes an Egyptian officer named Shinhui conducting military activities in the upper retinue in Finku during the reign of Sinusret I around 1950 BC. It is believed that this region was one and the same as Canaan. The earliest attestable Egyptian report of a campaign to Mentu, Renachu, and Sikmil is the Septicu still dated to the reign of Sinurset III, which was around 1862 BC. On the Septicu still is a specific inscription honoring Septicus. It was discovered in 1901 by John Garistang outside of Kusabik's tomb in Abdidus, Egypt, and it is now kept in the Manchester Museum in England. The text is largely about Kusabik's life and is historically important because they record the earliest known Egyptian military campaign in Canaan. The text reads, Then Sekmim fell, together with the wretched Rentenu. I'll post a picture of the steel. You know where to look. But back to Canaan. Around 1650 BC, the Canaanites invaded the eastern delta of Egypt, where they were known as the Hyksos. With this invasion, they became the dominant power in Egypt. I'll save this bit of their history for the Egyptian narrative. Archaeological excavations of a number of sites, later identified as Canaanite, show that the wealth and prosperity of the region reached its peak during the Middle Bronze Age period, under the rule of the city of Hazor. It is thought that at this time, Hazor was somewhat subservient to Egypt for much of the period. In the north, the city of Yamkad and Katna were also prominent. And that's probably as good of a point as any to end today. Next week, I'll cover the late Bronze Age of Canaan. You don't want to miss it. As always, you can find information about the podcast on the internet at christianhistorypodcast.com. Comments and questions can be sent to comments at christianhistorypodcast.com. You can also find the Facebook page by searching the phrase Christian History Podcast as three separate words. Once there, like I've asked before, be sure to like the page. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, and I surely hope you are, be sure to subscribe so you get the episodes as soon as they are released. Finally, go to iTunes and give the podcast a positive review. Thanks for listening. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving and also have a great week.